Welcome to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Marianne Rose. You are about to embark on a relevant and timely journey of thought with registered psychologist, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen. Thank you for tuning in and expect to be enlightened right now. Hey there, Cyrus. It's good to see you today. It's good to see you too, Marianne. Thanks. Yay, so today our sun is shining and the mm-hmm. streets are melting and you mm-hmm. got to get rubber boots. <laughs> there is a lot of snow to melt. There is a lot. I don't know. We yes. just, I'm very happy though. We just had our house re-landscape last year and even with all the snow and all the water, there's no water in our basement and so we're praising God for that. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of that, and people are already sending out notices on what to do for flooding, mm-hmm. how to take care of the situation so you're not going to have it as bad. Yeah. Thank God that we've got our big all around the city, what is it called again? The Where the flood... Oh, the floodway. The floodway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for a floodway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that there is going to be something to help people, you know, that they're going to experience floods. Floods are the least of our problems. (laughs) At least we're not being bombed. It's just like, oh, the roads are so bad. At least we're not. Oh, they're just potholes. They're not bomb holes, right? You know, it's just like (laughs) there's worse things. There are, and I mean, whoa, the seriousness. Actually, Mm -hmm. that's what I want to talk about is peace mm-hmm. in the middle of this storm mm-hmm. there are storms that go on all across the planet mm-hmm. we have here what snow <laughs> Nothing. Oh, it's good to be grateful grateful for what we have and to think about these things think about what other people are really going through out there and the storms that are there that are very real the lives that are being upended being destroyed being pulled apart it's very real and traumatic and feels close, feels close to home somehow. That's because we are. I think that the world is one Mm. and that we don't experience the extreme travesty of a bomb if we're not in Mm -hmm. the war zone, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but our hearts do. Mm. And so it feels close because it is. It's close to our hearts. And I think that's important that we bring it there and we Mm. allow it to be there. Some people are shutting off the news. Some people Mm. have stopped following the channel. Some people Mm. are, okay, that's enough. It looks like this war is never going to end. Right. You know, it's been a couple of weeks, so... Mm. And then the other thought is the fear and the extreme fear of it turning into World War Three. Right. Which mm-hmm. by the time this airs, it could be... <laughs> At this point, we are not in World War Three. <laughs> At this point, during this tape, go boom. No, sometimes you got to laugh. Yes. I think that's part of even how you get mm-hmm. to peace, mm-hmm. is find some laughter. Mm-hmm. I think it's everywhere. I remember I went to physio, I had a little problem with my finger, so I went to physio. And I was talking with the physiotherapist. I'm like, is it just me? Or is everybody talking about, or like in their families? Like, what are people talking about? Because my family, and I was wondering if it was just a bit strange, talks about kind of like the end of the world or something like that. Like, what would we do? Where would we go? How would we manage it? And I was like, is that just a Dirksen thing? Like, do other people do this? And she was like, oh, no, people are doing this. You know, like, people are talking about these things. So it's not just the Dirksons anymore. Other people are talking about those realities. Like, what if this becomes a bigger storm? And it's very interesting because... 
if we never have this World War III, if we don't have it anytime soon, it creates a reality in our minds. Like millions of people in North America and around the world in various places, some more than others, are imagining living through World War III scenarios in their mind, which has an emotional impact. It creates fear, it creates different feelings for different people. For some people in the military, it creates excitement. But it's another reality that people are experiencing all over the world. Like, what if this happens here? Yes, it is. And it can keep you awake at night. Mm. It can be the thing that makes you afraid to the place where you're feeling unstable all the time. The experience of fear mm. is supposed to be good. Mm. It's supposed to be helpful. Helpful, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but how do we turn it around and go, oh, this is a natural feeling. Mm. Fear is a good feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do we make it healthy, right? How do we make it helpful, healthy, not something that takes away our function, but something that actually helps us? to function better. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I know that there's the whole line of things we follow about how we've got the fight... Uh, fight and flight. I would say that so slow because it's <laughs> F... Did I miss one? No. Those are... I mean, normally people just say fight and flight, but you added freeze, which is very legitimate, just rarer. But, like, yeah, it's there too. Oh, they only say... That would be so much easier. That's yes. why I'm struggling with all the Fs. Because I always add freeze. Uh, <laughs> actually, freeze is my mm. response. I'm amazed, however, mm -hmm. that I can still physically function in the freeze. There's another oh, bunch of... Interesting. For, for, um, <laughs> it is interesting, but the feeling is still there. Mm -hmm. And the attack mm. is still there. The physical... What are, what are those things that shoot off and send out bad hormones that now all of a sudden, you know, become critically ill issues? What are those called? Cortisol? Oh, like stress <laughs> hormone? You know, like uh, cortisol or adrenaline? Cortisol, or... too mm -hmm. much. Yes. Yeah. Kind of like poison. I mean, it's good for you in a short term, but it's not supposed to be there for a long time. Yeah. So how mm -hmm. do we go get the peace? I was mm. thinking about the point I said about laughter. Mm. I'm imagining the people that are living mm. in Ukraine right now who are hiding mm -hmm. in shelters, bomb shelters underneath buildings or specifically made bomb shelters. Mm -hmm. You know, even just hearing the conversation go on on the news, I was listening to somebody talk about their relative and they were saying, yeah, they had to go into their bomb shelter. Mm. And I'm like, well, I don't have a bomb shelter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is that something we should all start talking about building? <laughs> they had to go into there, so they already had it. They yes, already knew they were... where it was on their doorstep. Wow. With Russia having brought it there before, now yeah. a lot of them have bomb shelters in their basements, and it's a uh, thing they have. Yes. Isn't that incredible? I mean, maybe people are getting close to that. I don't know. I'm wondering if uh, you can't rent a backhoe anymore because people are building <laughs> these things. Who knows, right? But, I mean, imagine being, yeah, next door to a place like Russia, you know, and having that knowledge that somebody wants your country and that you can't just completely overpower them. It would be a fight, and yeah, to be prepared in that way. And it's hard. I mean, I'm wondering, you know, sometimes you can get peace by having the bomb shelter, but then when you're in it, how do you find peace yes. there, you know? in it. I saw some pictures of bomb shelters sharing photos online where they are playing music, mm. playing a game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're teaching the kids small mm -hmm. table games mm -hmm. and imaginative games, and they're mm -hmm. making up new games, <laughs> things that are going on, but they're playing. Mm. Yeah. And I think that that's what brings the laughter and the yeah. joy. So there's joy yeah. even in the bomb shelter. Yeah. They're experiencing laughter. We probably don't see that very much because I would imagine that it doesn't make for a very good news broadcast to have, like, 
you know, this is happening and then have people laughing and joking around in the bomb shelter. They're going to try to go for a sad picture. Yeah. But knowing human beings and how they react under stress, of course, of course people are going to find moments of joy. They find them in all kinds of terrible situations. It doesn't take away from the tragedy. It doesn't take away from the tragicness. It's just a human reality that we experience a variety of feelings and that when we're in those situations, we want to escape and we want to feel something better. I remember, some may know that my parents went through the court process for the accused person who had murdered their daughter. So they were in court and they were listening to all of these testimonies and all of these stories about these terrible things. And some of them were very procedural, you know, like just going through a police officer's notebook or whatever. And my dad would draw pictures. He would draw pictures of the courtroom of different people and stuff like that. He's an artist, so he likes to draw and he likes to cope that way. All of the pictures were very realistic. Some of them were spiritual and things like that. But then all of a sudden, we noticed that in his drawings, he all of a sudden started to do cartoons. And he was doing Peanuts cartoons, and he was doing Snoopy on the house and things like this. And we're like, what was happening there? And that was the worst part. Those were the times when it was the real details, the gruesome details of what had happened. And he went to comedy. He just escaped. He wasn't there anymore. So sometimes when you see somebody potentially laughing or playing a game in a bomb shelter, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's less tragic. It might actually mean that it's more tragic. It's more. But mm-hmm. there's a way to bring yourself to peace. Mm. And it's like there's a specific coping mechanism that's been drawn out in us. Survival, mm-hmm. health, mm-hmm. we still go seek it. We understand some of the core of how mm-hmm. to get to it. And one of them is laughter. Yes. Beautiful. It's one of the differences, actually, that distinguishes things like grief from depression. If you were to look at somebody who is grieving, one of the signs that they're grieving and that they're still functioning in a way that, you know, is a healthy grief is that they'll have these bottom pits where it's completely overwhelming and they can hardly function or even stand or things like this, but they'll still fluctuate between moments of those kind of deep, dark despair and then moments where they come back up into potentially laughing or telling a joke or feeling differently at least. And those fluctuations can be extreme and they can have different characteristics in different times. So there's lots of room. But depression often has more of that consistent low and it's less healthy. It's a disorder. It means your brain's not functioning in the typical way. So when you're looking at somebody and you're thinking about how you cope in peace, if you're depressed, you might actually just go to a bottom and stay there for longer periods of time. But if you're experiencing it in a more healthy manner, our minds will typically find those ways to have fluctuations and have different moments. And it can be a huge relief and way to cope. I am thankful that you're bringing up one of the more serious mental health issues for a lot of people. I don't know what the stats are, but I think it's a lot of people that have had that experience now in their Mm -hmm. life, depression or seasons of depression, Mm -hmm. but you can have a space. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you were to talk about like how many people have had a mental health disordered level, like diagnosable level, emotional challenge at some point in their life, it's around 40% potentially higher. And that's at a disordered level, never mind having features of some kind of mental health problem. So there's lots of people who have had a season of depression, because depression is the number one mental health problems that an anxiety. So there's a lot of people, and people who have experienced maybe features of this, it's almost everybody has had some kind of difficult season, and not just grief, which is difficult enough, but it's not going well, like your brain isn't coping, and it's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. 
And in that, there is an ongoing storm. Mm. It's like living in England, where it's raining all the time, you know? <laughs> 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 where is the storm? Well, it's actually in England. <laughs> Kept well, have that stiff upper lip there. That's why they've got that rain. What is like that, where the weather is just not good mm. all the time, long time, long term? Mm-hmm. And, of course, they have good days, too. <laughs> it's like good days, good moments, good just glimpses mm. of something that can cause comfort to be yeah. part of your time even in that that mm-hmm. there can be mm-hmm. something so I think about long term war sometimes mm. wars they've lasted for years oh yeah we are seeing the beginning of what this looks like mm-hmm. it's going to last a while yeah. unless some severe things happen to stop it. Mm-hmm. and then to stop it could be to increase it and to yeah. all these things I'm glad we're talking about it in a deeper sense for what a lot of people have long term but the season of war being a longer time to be able to start to strategize Mm -hmm. your recovery or at Mm -hmm. least moments or glimpses of Mm -hmm. recovery and I think that's what I was hoping we would do with bringing in the topic of peace Mm. what we were talking about before you know like regular fluctuations or distraction or things like that can be very helpful but they're not as great long-term I mean they might always be there long-term but I mean, if you're at war for a year or something like that, playing cards isn't going to get you through. You know, like, you're going to have to do something else because you have to live your life in those circumstances. A lot of people can get sick and then don't go to work and people take care of them, and that's great. But if it's long-term, things have to be different. Like, you have to find something else that's going to... And and that's what we're talking about here with war. Like, how do you do something when it's not just a blip, when it's not just a moment, it's not a week, it's not a day? Typically, what you're working at then... One of the most helpful things that people can do in those moments is to focus on who they are. Go internal and you figure out what do you find important. We often think about life in terms of what's around us and our circumstances and, you know, whether we have this or have that. Do we have the gadget? Do we have the car? Do we have the vacation? Whatever. But when life really gets difficult, when there's a storm, normally it's best to look inside and say, who are you as a person? Sometimes we don't ask that question, so it can be helpful to know beforehand ask who are you and then how can you be that no matter what happens on the exterior and it can't be taken away from you you are this this is what you find important in life and how you do that might change if you're not in war you do that in this way and you do that in this way but even in war or whatever storm you can still do that it might look a little bit different but you can be who you are you can be what you've decided to be in that circumstance and people who are like in holocaust camps can do this no matter what you do to me you can't take this from me it's inside of me and it's what i value you can take my body you can break me but you can't take away my ability to decide who i am and how i'm going to live that out wow that's powerful because that principle core principle is something that can be activated for every part of life Mm. what you just said i had many different thoughts and scenarios of people's struggles Mm. of people's addictions lifestyles of things that are painful for them to be living in but if you go to the core of who you are Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not something that can keep you that Mm. bad Mm -hmm. don't even the addiction isn't something that has the power to keep you let's talk more about that when we get back great talking 
talking about storms, mm -hmm. emotional storms, the reality of storms. Of course, mm -hmm. there's chaos in world storms regarding the weather, but we're talking also about war. Mm -hmm. And the war in Ukraine, Russia is attacking Ukraine, and wow, can we find peace? Mm -hmm. I went to see a cousin. She has this special job where she works in a nursing home, and one of her gifts she was able to receive was a prayer written out by one of the residents. This resident had fled her country because of war. Mm. And the prayer she prayed, I can tell you, my God, this is actually translated from German. I can tell you, my God, I am afraid, often, always, again. Questions, I have no answer. Problems, I see no solutions. People, I don't understand them. I feel overwhelmed. You must help me, I plead. God, take from me my fear. Grant me a calm heart and clarity of thought. In your strength, I want to speak and act. To be still and suffer in your peace, let me be comforted amidst my struggle. My cousin shares that when she meets somebody in a struggle. Mm -hmm. um, she even has a friend in Russia now who had to flee Russia because mm -hmm. she was in a protest and she sent her that prayer. Mm -hmm. Beauty in suffering. Mm -hmm. It could be almost distasteful to talk about how we can find good things in suffering because people who are in suffering can often feel like it's taking away from understanding how tragic it is. But you can't get away from this reality that in tragedy, there can be these beautiful things that emerge and they take different forms. I think one of the basic reasons why these things happen is because there's a lot of change that happens when there's tragedy. People move things quicker and there's also an openness and awareness. Our sensitivity increases. We become very aware of what's going on around us. We become very sensitive also to what's important to us, which is what we were talking about before. When we are in very difficult times, we become more keenly aware of what's important to us internally, and those things come to the front. And so what you have are people who are willing to act, an awareness of what's important, so it can bring countries together, it can bring people together, it can create unity where there was no unity before. It can all of a sudden move people to fix a cause that has been there for a long time. And the sensitivity, even in the darkest times, the sensitivity can help you to see actual beauty. Like when people are in these tragedies, they can see a sunrise and never see a sunrise as beautiful as that one. Because they are in this place where they are super aware, their brain is super active and aware of what's going around them including potentially these beautiful, meaningful moments of connection or even like just scenery. Incredible that you mentioned a sunrise because last night here we had a full moon. Mm. And I was looking out my window and seeing this just thought it was beautiful, simple. Of course, I'm not going to go bring out my camera because unless you have a really good one, the moon's just going to look like a little dot and here you are experiencing the beautiful glory of the gorgeous moon and then you send your photos to your friends and it's a dot. <laughs> you got to just appreciate it in the moment. And then I woke up this morning and I follow a Ukraine page that mm. shows stories many times by citizens who are posting and sharing. Mm -hmm. and so it's a really special account and somebody had taken a picture same full moon way across and they saw that beauty they had a better picture of it <laughs> <laughs> oh that's
that's interesting. I mean, you're talking about multiple things there that are online, like with what I was saying, it's like you can see it more beautifully, like it's more alive, more active in your mind to see that beauty. And then that connection, like you have that connection with somebody all around the world where you're seeing that same moon and those simple things that on a day where everybody's okay and just caught up in their daily routines is passed by without a second thought, all of a sudden is brought to this other level. And the feelings are all so awake inside of us and we can connect in ways we've never been able to before that's my heart and that's Mm -hmm. why we have this show bridging Mm -hmm. the gap is Mm -hmm. a unifying Mm -hmm. response to suffering Mm -hmm. and that it's a reality Mm -hmm. so what are the sides that we can bring together Mm -hmm. where can we see eye to eye Mm -hmm. and in this place where instead of running away from it Mm -hmm. that we can see it as a heart connection Mm -hmm. bringing more unity Mm-hmm. care, compassion. Mm-hmm. That is huge. Like we have rallies in front of all mm-hmm. our legislative buildings mm-hmm. all across North America. Mm-hmm. People holding the Ukraine flag to support refugee welcome mm-hmm. increasing. And I'm so thankful that we have that. That's because our hearts mm-hmm. want to be part of the healing. Mm-hmm. One of the other interesting things that could be considered a beautiful thing coming out of tragedy is our ability to learn. Just like with all the other things, we're super sensitive and it can create this ability to learn which just goes beyond. We have an experience and it sinks into our consciousness, it sinks into our brain in a very real way. And normally I'm dealing with the negative effects of this because people will learn things that aren't helpful in peacetime. So you like learn to duck when you hear a loud noise. Well, that's great when there's a war and there's bombs going off. It's very helpful, but you learn it really well. Like everything else, your learning is just so sensitive. So you learn it really well and then it's peace and you just can't get rid of that twitch when there's a loud noise. And so I'm often dealing with these negative things that you learn But there's these positive things that you can learn as well in trauma that kind of stick with a person for the rest of their life. One of them is just what's important in life. When people have near-death experiences, when people have these tragedies that happen, all of a sudden, life will never be the same. They might get caught up, they might get distracted again in life, but on another level, they're like, this doesn't really matter. And they're aware of that, that learning has gone deep into their soul, so to speak. And that is a beautiful thing that can come from the tragedy. Not just in that moment knowing what's important, but learning that and having that affect the rest of your life. Mm, I love it. I think that's what we can even share with each other for how we can help each other grow into that space of learning and maturity, Mm. experiencing Mm -hmm. grief and trauma Mm -hmm. and strengthening one another because we've got this Mm -hmm. resolve of peace. Mm -hmm. You've learned Mm -hmm. how to hold on to peace. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about even what you have here with your Oakville Wellness Center. Mm-hmm. That it's a place of wellness to help create wellness. So there's a space for that. Mm-hmm. And here you have counselors, mm-hmm. therapists, and yourself a psychologist who helps people to go through some of those mm-hmm. stories yeah. so that they can learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I also think about grief groups mm-hmm. where there's a space held for mm-hmm. the pain mm-hmm. with the purpose of healing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not always what we want in a beautiful moment is to say, well, I had a healing moment because that means you had to get hurt first. But there are those moments after when you are healing, which can also bring a lot of beauty to somebody's life, a new achievement, a new understanding, a way of understanding the situation that's different than what they first thought. And the ability to evaluate 
things in your mind, things that are unhealthy that potentially made the trauma worse or things that are no longer helpful now that you've been through this and reevaluating. And sometimes we need to go through something difficult in order to motivate us to get healthy. And that's a beautiful thing as well. Mm. Oftentimes, after people go through a surgery or have a health scare, they are more committed to being healthy. And it's not always the way we want to learn something like that. It's not the way that we want to have something beautiful like that come into our life. But it is a result, often, of going through something challenging. Yeah, and it is life. Like, the reality of life is that it has suffering. Mm. In this life, you will have trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But take heart. And that's actually a quote from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Take heart. Mm-hmm. I have overcome. And the beauty of that he has overcome. Mm-hmm. That is something you were even saying about something deeper, something that keeps you, mm. is this peace that's beyond what even is said. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're saying peace, mm-hmm. peace, like mm-hmm. the world leaders are saying there's going to be peace, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're saying it in the meantime, mm-hmm. there is not, Yes, <laughs> but something deeper, a mm-hmm. peace that's deeper. Yeah, I mean, there's the peace of having no bullets in the air, and we can all appreciate that. But there is a deeper peace. There's a peace that can exist whether there's no bullets or whether there are bullets. And I think that is the ultimate beauty that happens from this, because when these things happen, we want to connect to something that won't change. And I was talking before about connecting to what's important to yourself. Well, we also want to connect to things that are outside of ourselves, and people connect to their families, they connect to the people who are in the bomb shelter. You're all of a sudden best friends, even though you didn't know each other before. And you have a lifelong bond after something like that. But we also want to connect to something that won't change. And that's why I think Jesus said, don't worry, I have overcome. Even when you are not overcoming, he has overcome. Even when you are vulnerable and weak and have the fear of death and tragedy around you, you can be connected to something that cannot be shaken. Not as the world gives. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, another beautiful thing that can come out is a sense of overwhelming connection with God, with something above yourself. I mean, when I talk to people who are coming out of tragedy, they often will say things like, well, I was in this terrible time. It was the best of times and it was the worst of times. It's like, I I almost wish I could go back because I was so connected to God in that moment. That's how powerful those things are. And that's a beautiful thing that can come out of those moments. Mm -hmm. Beauty in the midst of suffering, peace in the storm. And these things are possible. Thanks for talking about that, Cyrus. Well, this was great. Thanks a lot, Marianne. Well, that was an honor to get to spend that time with you. Appreciate you tuning in. Please check out more of Dr. Cyrus at maplecrestchurch.ca and at drcyrusdirksen.com. You are very welcome to come and join Maplecrest Church services 10 a.m. Sunday mornings at the Park Theatre, 698 Osborne Street in Winnipeg. We look forward to seeing you. Thanks again and tune in next time for Bridging the Gap. I'm Marianne Rose. Hate song.